Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, everybody? Happy Monday and welcome to the Rookie Rundown. Hope you're having a great weekend. It is your host. It is Memphis, and you can follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. On tonight's show, there is going to be no Dallas. Dallas is off uh, getting ready for the real world. But since we were already doing a show entitled The Full Medical Report with Dr. Kyle, a.k.a. Dr. Kyle Bowser, I'll just go ahead and introduce him. I'll introduce him the same way I introduce him on The Fabulous Big Bet, and that is as the dirtiest player in the game today. Dr. Kyle, man, thanks for jumping on with me. Happy to. It's, uh, you know, not in a, a podcasting groove like we get to in the middle of the season, which is, you know, it's a little nice. Like I had a little bit of an itch to, to podcast again with you. Uh, it would have been nice to, to be on here with Dallas, too. I haven't enjoyed him in the podcast universe yet, but soon enough, I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about between now and week one, the draft, whatever. But yeah, excited to talk injuries and rookies. That's a hot topic. For sure, and we want to make sure that we talk about these guys before we draft them on our teams with rookie season. I mean, literally, it is the end of March as we're recording this, and we'll be into April, and April's the month of the draft. It's amazing how fast this year has went by. And uh, before we get into the body of the show, I just want to thank everybody for the reviews, especially over on Apple. Uh, I know not everybody is on Apple Podcast, but that's the the big one, but still we're well over 215 now combined. So if you're listening to this on a podcast platform that allows you to give us a review, it would be greatly appreciated. It is the fastest way. So when you search Dynasty Fantasy Football, the more reviews we have, the more it pulls us to the top of the list. That's the importance of it. It's it's an algorithm. Speaking of algorithms, I cussed the one on Twitter the other night for keep force-feeding me the Suicide Squad sequel trailer over <laughs> and over again damn it damn it but i i do want to read a positive review i'll read any review if you you write them i'll read them this podcast provides great fantasy advice but even better entertainment genuinely cares about their supporters and actually listens to feedback and that is currently uh constructed by cole mcgregor 54 so cole thank you so much for taking a minute to uh check out the review capabilities of the podcast world and helping us out. So you can also check us out on social media. I'm at DWZ Memphis. He is at DWZ underscore 
Dr. PT. The show is on everything at Dynasty Warzone, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, Dr. Kyle, before I get into anything funky, I want to ask you about the FF Fit Club. So a lot of people, you're seeing a lot of people, myself, Ray Garvin, uh, Troy King, last week's guest from the Dynasty Warzone. Uh, so many people, man. I don't want to start going through everybody because I'll forget somebody and then I'll feel about we big. So, uh, Dr. Kyle, you have been joining in the uh, the FF Fit Club. W- what are you thinking about this movement on Twitter? Yeah, I don't know what spurred it, what brought it on, uh, but I saw somebody posting about it. I'm like, eh, I can get on board with this. I, you know, already active most days of the week. This is one more way to hold myself accountable and maybe help some other people be accountable and just, I don't know, like there's enough shit and negativity in the world. Like let's, let's promote something good for once on Twitter. Well, you stole mine, man. Yeah. It's always something negative (laughs) on, on Twitter. And you know, you'll see me and Ray and Cody Carpentier. You'll see us do some knuckleheaded shit. You know, Ray is the king of the kettlebell. Cody, man, that guy. I gotta see that. I, I, I am a self, uh, I don't know how to say this, but I'm a kettlebell guy. At Ray GQ on Twitter. Uh, my man Cody Carpentier of Roto Underworld, another Dynasty Warzone previous guest, posted a video of himself squatting 655 pounds. So mm-hmm. not everybody's into that, guys. Sometimes it's as simple as going for three walks a day or two yes. walks a day and, and just getting out. And I think it's rad that guys like Troy and Ray have included me as part of this group of people that are trying to get a group that quite honestly is very sedentary at times, the fantasy football community. I love my phone as much as anybody ask my wife, she will attest, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not always about that, man. Like I said, if, if you want to go to a gym and you want to bro out, go for it. You want to join a CrossFit, go for it. You want to go to Zumba, whatever, but whatever you do, I'm happy to be part of a movement. That's just encouraging people to work. And real quick, I want to encourage everybody to check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. My opinion, the best value in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Guys, it's five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. We are starting leagues next weekend. Um, they kind of auto fired one this morning. Whatever. <laughs> we, uh, we, we got her going. Hey, at the end of the day, the people, the people demanded Patreon leagues. So we gave them yeah. Patreon yeah. leagues. They're going to unionize before we know it. Dude, I, I thought they were going to burn my house down. I mean, I get it, but but the one thing about the Patreon leagues is that if it's a Patreon league, I'm responsible for it. I'm responsible for making sure that the rules are adhered to. I'm making sure that the money is collected on time. I'm making sure that trades are fair. I'm making sure that at the end of the year, the winners get paid out on time. There's a lot that goes into being a Patreon and doing Patreon shit. So if that interests you, you want to hang out with a group of rad people like me, like Dr. Kyle, and dozens and dozens and dozens of others. Just, man, just check out Dynasty Warzone, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. But I don't want to belabor the point. we got a good guest. We're six minutes in. That's a good number. People like it when we make the intro short. The biggest thing to take away from the intro, it's not the Patreon. It's not the stuff. It's the FF Fit Club. Get after it, guys. I really want to see you live better lives. As much as I'm as not wanting to, as much as we're getting ready to make your Dynasty season better, I would rather see you live a healthier, a happier existence. So, uh, Dr. Kyle, man, we're going to talk about some of these rookies now. Look, but before before we go any further, uh, just tell these people a little bit what, about what you do for a living, your, uh, your Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, if you will. 
Oh, I wish it was a Monday through Friday, nine to five. Uh, I, I kid. I actually have set myself up with a really great gig and a quality of life. I am a physical therapist in New York City, uh, but licensed in four states. I'll, you know, I've traveled for football players. I work with a number of pro guys. Um, been working for eight years. Pretty seasoned at this point, which is weird to say. Just turned 33. Holy shit. Um connected with some pretty good docs here in New York City. Very grateful to do what I do. Love what I do. Uh, just just every day grateful that I get to give back to people, whether it's a professional athlete uh, or just your run-of-the-mill like weekend warrior, golfers, ballerinas, etc. Um, you know, training people, getting people back from injury or training people around an injury or teaching them to just move. It's, it's, it's awesome. I love it. And I, I love that I get to now marry that with fantasy football and, and shoot the shit with Memphis from time to time and Maddie and, and the crew. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're part of the team. That's great. That's the great thing about having a team at the DWZ. Dallas is out tonight. He has got real life stuff that he just couldn't get away from. We respect that. Neurochemistry uh, study. And I, I have no doubt he would much rather be here right now. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you said uh, I couldn't even pronounce it. That's how fucking smart you guys are. But I'm not. That's okay, though. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's good to know that I've surrounded myself with really, really intelligent guys like Kyle, like Dallas, Jerry, Maddie, the whole crew. Kyle, Jake, Tyler, and Lou. I don't want to leave anybody out. I went on a roll, so I might as well just name the whole, the whole Mo shoot Mo with match. the gimpy leg. Mo with the gimpy leg. So we're going to speak of the gimpy leg. I hope somebody gets that reference. So, so, so we're going to get into some guys with some some gimpy legs. Now we have picked six, and I'm going to hit you with a surprise seventh. I'm going to hit you with a guy, uh, and we talked about this briefly before I hit the record button. Any any concerns at all with Trevor Sunshine Lawrence with his surgery on his non throwing shoulder? Now, every surgery is minor when it's not being done to you. That's what I've always been told. But any concerns at all, non-throwing shoulder injury for uh, for a man named Sunshine? I mean, 99% of the time, no. There's always a 1% chance that, like, and it, this is where, you know, there's no definite, there's no yes, no, everything is gray. You're going to hear me, uh, you know, back up things and play devil's advocate in different ways with everybody. Um, if he ends up with, if, if he did somehow ends up in the hands of a shit surgeon or a shit PT or shit athletic trainer, and they don't prioritize the right things, it could come back to bite him in the ass at some point, whether it's this year, next year, 10 years. Um, but ultimately non-throwing, even if it was his throwing shoulder, like he, you know, he's a kid still, he's just coming out of college. Those guys, uh, they bounce back quick, uh, especially the ones that are truly dedicated to what they do which I'm pretty sure Trevor Lawrence is. Um, uh, There's so much time between when he had the surgery, I believe, and when he's going to have to actually sling it downfield for Jacksonville, presumably. Um, No no concerns. I don't think Jacksonville is going to come off that pick. That that franchise and ownership group has done some dumb stuff over the years, but you, you finally got a chance to get the quarterback position right. I would like to think that, that they wouldn't screw this up, but I could totally see them taking Justin Fields and just submarining <laughs> the whole thing, which would be great. As a, as a Colts fan, I would love not to have Trevor Lawrence in, in our division for the next 15-plus years. But I want to hit you with another, another quarterback. Now, this guy's had a couple of knee injuries, 
Uh, he's a, a guy that you know came out of college. No, excuse me, came out of high school into college. Somewhat fairly highly touted. I, if I remember correctly, it was Tua, and then it was this guy. And this guy's name is Davis Mills. Now, uh, Kyle, I know he's had a couple of knee injuries. Do you want to uh, kind of elaborate on what's going on with Mr. Mills? Yeah, so um, actually I like to thank Dallas because to prep myself for the show, I actually reached out to the Patreon and the our, you know, our, our team group. Jesus Christ, that might be like a month or two ago already. And just ask guys, like, guys, who do you want to know's injury history? Like, just throw names at me. Like, I know, you know, I'm, I'm a dynasty guy, but I don't have my ear to the ground on rookies. You know, everybody knows, like, the general top 10, 12, 24, whatever it may be. And uh, Dallas told me about Davis Mills, and I was like, I, who? Uh, and he, I did my research on him uh, this weekend. Come to find out, actually, yeah, I guess I think he was neck and neck with Tua as far as high school grade goes, and then had a pretty traumatic knee surgery in the state championship of his senior year before he went to Stanford. Um, And I I didn't find any, like, specific, specific details on everything, but I know he had that knee surgery. That required knee surgery. It was pretty traumatic and took some time to recover, and I believe he was a redshirt freshman or redshirted as a freshman at Stanford. And then – Whatever the first season he started for Stanford, I believe he had another traumatic knee surgery or knee injury and surgery uh, that required pretty extensive rehab. And you know, from some of the quotes I read about it, he, um, you know, he, he he didn't get down about it. He very much was like, "Hey, coach, you know, been through this once. I'll, I'll go through it again. It is what it is, and going to come back stronger." And it sounds like he had a pretty strong pro day uh, recently which would be great. I don't know. I don't know where, where anybody has him ranked as far as uh, pro football, like quarterback or pre-draft rankings goes. But if this guy gets any sort of decent draft capital, um, I feel like if a, a guy like this, if he can get drafted into the right organization and somehow find his way into the field, whether it's an injury or, you know, he's in a battle with a drew lock or a, Probably not going to be a Jimmy G, but one of these Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. We, there you go, great. Yeah, and, Teddy Bridgewater. Andy Dalton. Yes, Cam Newton. There you go. Um, if he ends up in an organization with a quarterback like that, uh, I think, and you know, he gets third round draft capital. I think it'd be like wheels up for him. He, he sounds like he's fast. He's mobile. Uh, I think that's going to be the interesting piece for his future and his career. Is a guy that's already got two pretty significant knee surgeries under his belt and he's mobile. He's going to have to go to the Russell Wilson school of sliding probably and getting out of bounds. Um, but I tell you what, after, you know, what I, what I saw in red, like I'll probably be grabbing and stashing him in leagues, whether it's fourth or fifth, sixth round rookie drafts, if he's there. I'd say, that's something I'm going to be looking to do to uh, both him and Kellen Mond. Now, Kellen Mond doesn't have the injury history, but man, in Superflex, I mean, do I really want to take a, a super deep flyer on like the 38th wide receiver in this class? Or maybe a guy that, you know, again, pretty talented coming out. It may never turn to anything. I just know that if that 38th wide receiver hits his pinnacle versus a guy like Miles, uh, excuse me, Davis Mills, Hits, I started calling Miles Davis, the famous jazz musician. <laughs> but if Davis Mills hits his ceiling versus a random wide receiver hitting theirs, I've got a lot better chip 
in a dynasty league. So, okay, cool. Let's go to the running back position. Another guy uh, out of Oklahoma State, he probably is kicking himself in the ass with his bad foot and ankle for not coming out in 2020. Doc, what do you got on Chuba Hubbard? What's the medical report saying with uh, with Mr. Hubbard? Yeah, so again, this so it's a weird year, obviously, with COVID and scheduling and this and that. It seemed like also college football injuries were a little bit more vague than they have been in the past. Or because, you know, this is my first offseason with the Dynasty Warzone, talking about rookies with injuries. Now I'm finding out that college football injuries are much reported, like NHL injuries of, yes, he's out with a lower body injury or he's out with an upper body injury. Super vague, not as, nearly as descriptive as we get with the NFL. Um, so, yeah, you talked about how he's probably kicking himself in the arse based on uh, he had a stud like uh, 2019. I, honestly, I think the uh, the contractor I did with you, the inaugural contractor I did with you last year, we were talking about I had like a late first pick and maybe maybe it being Chuba Hubbard um, if, he, if he came out. And then he didn't. He went back to Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, I don't know if they graduated – a good chunk of their offensive line or graduated and uh, opted out because of COVID. But this man came back to school with a very, uh, I don't know, it, a, a crap offensive line relative to last year. And also like Oklahoma state had some, some weird stuff in the, uh, I don't know if it was last off season or whatever. No, I know where you're going. Their it coach was this is a bit of a, yeah, the coaches, uh, uh, there, there was a disconnect. Let's just, just leave it at this. There seemed to be at one point uh, maybe a political or social issue that divided coach and players. Um, and so that, you know, Chuba came out and, you know, he didn't have the great start to follow up his great uh, 2019 campaign and ultimately ended up with a foot or ankle injury. I think he played through it a little bit for a game or two and then ultimately was seen in a walking boot on the sideline of the TCU game and then shortly after that uh, opted out for the rest of the season. But in 2019, he carried the ball 328 times for 2,094 yards and 21 touchdowns and also contributed 23 receptions for 198 yards in the passing game. Um, You know, I'm not here to tell you that he's injury prone. I'm not going to tell you that about tell you that about any of these guys you know if we if we look back at previous guys who we thought maybe like you know we know Nick Chubb has a bit of a, a knee injury history but he's been pretty good you know I think he got injured this past season Todd Gurley had a pretty significant uh history in college and up until recently he was a stud I think this injury might be and granted there's a lot of things that are going to go into it where you're going to draft him but Again, like I'm, you're going to hear me say like third round draft capital, like day one is round one, day two is rounds two and three, and then four, five, six, seven are, are day three. Um, there's like there's like a line drawn in the sand of if you're a day one or two guy versus a day three guy. If Chuba ends up on a team, I don't care what team so much as if he gets uh, third round draft capital that could be a way to very sneakily get somebody later in your draft, maybe early mid second in super flex um, with some serious upside. This guy was a stud last year. And it, it like, sometimes that's just how it goes. And it sucks that he's, you know, he literally is going to lose, 
lose, uh, has lost life-changing money because he, you know, quote-unquote probably did the right thing to go back to school last year as far as, you know, maybe education or trying to improve upon his 2019 season and didn't. And that's just the way it goes. He's not the only one that did that. Um, so I'm, I'm not necessarily it, – it's weird that we don't know what his injury is. If he had like a list Frank injury or like a pretty severe midfoot sprain – um, maybe there's some con- concern this year, but ultimately, you know, he's he's a young guy. Uh, all these guys get injured at some point. They all have gotten injured. They all will get injured. I'm not going to label any of them injury prone. But I think Hubbard is a great guy to get at probably a discount, especially if he gets the draft capital that uh, that we want. All right. Well, you answered my follow-up question before I can ask you. So this wouldn't stop you. You're, you're more concerned with where he actually gets drafted in the NFL draft as opposed to any potential lingering, li- yeah. lingering foot injury. Okay. So that, that's a good one. All right. We're going to shift to the run, to the wide receiver position because we want to cycle through a few of these. So uh, we have a guy. He came back in the national championship game after missing the majority of the season last year in wide receiver from Alabama, Jalen Waddle. Now, what was the exact nature of his injury, and what are your uh, your thoughts on that injury going into draft season? Because Jalen Waddle is still seen as a top 15, we'll call it top 15-ish pick in the NFL draft. So it doesn't appear that teams are leaking to the mock drafters that this injury is very severe, but I would love to hear a medical professional's take. Yeah, so um, I believe it was a combination left high ankle sprain, so damage to ligaments and probably muscles, tendons. The the syndesmosis is the connective tissue between the fibula and tibia. Um, so that's usually a part of the high ankle sprain, which is why it's takes so much longer to rehab relative to a low ankle low ankle sprain or your your traditional uh, inversion ankle sprain. Um, but he also suffered a pretty severe ankle fracture. You know, luckily for his NFL career and his draft capital, it happened pretty early in the football season. I think prior to the injury, I don't know how many, how many games it was, maybe four. The injury happened in October, and pre-injury he had 28 for 591 yards and four touchdowns. Um, do you know how many games it was specifically Memphis? It was three or four. It wasn't more than four that I recall. I'm not the biggest watcher of college football, especially yeah. in season. You know, I'm I'm helping people with Patreon rosters. I'm getting ready for Sunday shows. It's a it's, a, it's money an on art. The fabulous big bet. It's book, booking the uh, the the rookie rundown and the prop cast. Just a lot going on in season, so I don't recall, but. I just know that he he gutted it out in the national championship game. So just another one that I'm not concerned with. I, it was just just so far, it feels like we're three for three. That NFL draft capital is going to tell way more of the tale on these guys than their injury history ever ever actually will. Because you have to remember, we know we talk about things being baked in when Dr. Kyle and I are talking about gambling on the Big Bet podcast. You know. A lot of things are baked into the number. Like if Dak doesn't play for the Cowboys, that's baked into the number by Vegas. Where these guys are drafted and in what round, their injury history is baked into that draft capital. Because what we know is way more limited than what these NFL teams know. So if it's being leaked to the Daniel Jeremiah's and Bucky Brooks and all these folks who write mock drafts for a living, Mel Kuyper Jr., Todd McShay, 
if it's being leaked that these guys are going in the top 15, a guy like Jalen Waddle, then I can't be overly concerned if the NFL medical staffs, not that I don't trust my own resident expert here, Dr. Kyle, but that's going to go a long way. Now, one that I do have a concern with, because this was a stat that you gave me, that Rondale Moore has only played seven games in the last two years. Now, he opted, he did the, the opt-in hokey pokey during the 2020 season. He opted in, he opted out, he opted out again and didn't play a lot. And the year before, he had some injury history, uh, injury issues. So tell us about Mr. Ron Dale Moore's injuries and uh, any concerns for you. Yeah, so this, so I now understand why Ron Dale Moore is such a polarizing guy on Twitter. The dude balled out his freshman year, uh, freshman season. 114 receptions for 1,258 yards and 12 touchdowns. And then after that, only played seven games over two seasons uh, in 2019. I don't know how many games he missed that year, but he had his hamstring issue and he's known like, like he's known for his speed. So, you know, I, I don't want to say like put him in the Will Fuller bucket because everybody is in their own bucket and like, what else is in that bucket? We don't even know. Like we just talked about the, you know, there's the, the medical teams for each NFL team is getting way more information than we are. You know, if you think back to my first ever dynasty war zone with Memphis and Jerry, and we talked about like 10 most injury concerned players for dynasty and talked about Will Fuller specifically, we talked about um, he's not necessarily injury prone, but if he's not conditioned a certain way, then that's the real issue. Like you don't tear a hamstring because your hamstring is like made of paper mache. You tear your hamstring because the demands you put on it are greater than its capabilities. So it's, it'll be very interesting to see. Like, I wouldn't say I'm concerned with Rondell Moore. Uh, I would say I'm like intrigued with him and where he'll end up um, because, you know, and we'll get to this when we talk about one of our tight ends, like perhaps he has to end up in and I mean as a PT medical nerd. I would love if we got to a point as uh, dynasty owners or fantasy footballers that um, we knew like the quality, like true quality, not just like perceived reputation of certain medical staffs. Like what if we there is like medical staff rankings for each of the NFL teams. Like if and if he ends up in you know a top five or ten. Like I I personally know a guy who does. He's like one of the best sprint coaches in the world and he consults with the Chiefs. Like if he ends up on a team that this guy consults with, like that 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 to me has very, very, very positive value for Rondell Moore's health, I think, and his his longevity and his uh availability. You know, the most important ability, it's cliche, but the most important ability in football is availability. Um and then that sort of piggybacks with like draft capital, like Draft capital isn't magical. It's just like – I was thinking about this earlier. Um, there's an episode of The Office where they're – I think they're doing the the Yankee swap or whatever you call that where you, like, you just exchange Christmas gifts. And Michael Scott makes like a joke to the camera. Actually, he doesn't make a joke. He makes a serious comment that's a joke to the camera. He's like, what better way to show people how much you care about them than putting an exact dollar amount on them? And that's essentially what draft capital is, is you're betting like, you know, pick 120 has like a pretty specific value to it. So the guys with the higher draft capital, they just get more chances. Like if Corey Davis, you know, sorry, Jerry, but if Corey Davis was drafted 
in the fourth round, he would be dust by now. But because he's a first round draft capital guy, he just gets that many more chances. Um, so that's a, a runaround way of saying, again, draft capital will be important for Rondell Moore. The other thing that I noticed, and again, I, the only two wide receivers I looked up for this pod were Jalen Waddle and Rondell Moore. Uh, and maybe this is a trend, but you know, Jalen Waddle, the, the the height and weight I found for him was 5'10, 183. That's that's lighter than I am, sad to say. Rondell Moore, 5'9, 180. But what what did he get weighed in at his pro day? Like 175 or something? I I just remember he was 5'7. It was more of his height that set Twitter oh, right, ab- right, ablaze. Right. I, I think he was 5'7, 180, right. which from from a BMI standpoint, I, I'm not too worried about it. Now, now no. you were talking about medical staffs. I do know one that's terrible, and that's Jacksonville. They had the most. Was. Uh, g- 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 well, yeah, that's it's going to be different this year. True, with uh, old man Tom Coughlin out of there, we don't know what. I, we know that he wanted uh, he he being Urban Meyer wanted to bring in that strength and conditioning coach from Iowa, who had a. Uh, uh, an interesting background. An interesting history in his own right. You mentioned the relationship between Chuba and his head coach earlier, but uh, I heard this. You know, you talked about the best ability being durability or uh, uh, availability. I heard that the best two abilities are dur and sus. You need to have durability and sustainability. And what was that? And I, I heard that one recently too. I don't know. I think it was Mark Schlereth, if I remember correctly, okay. but I, I don't know that to be a fact. All right, we got two more guys, and then I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire stuff at the end. Let's just mix these two guys together because they have a similar injury and they play the same position. It sure. is Pat Fryermuth of Penn State and Brevin Jordan of Miami. Uh, I would say tight end prospects two and three. Now, some people have one, two, and one, three, and vice versa, but I happen to like both. But they both have a, a similar injury. And uh, now, is it the same, same, or is it the same, different? Uh, I think it's the same, different. And so let's talk about Pat Fryermuth real quick. Dude, uh, Penn State, we know, is a bit of a – like they're, they're known for their tight ends in some regard, I believe. And he is the all-time touchdown receiving leader for tight ends at Penn State. He hit that number in the first game of 2020, and then the next game he went down with an injury that was not necessarily on the radar at the time. Uh, I guess I think he missed a quarter of that game, came back, and then the next two games he had a, um, a shoulder um, – shoot, what's the term? Shoulder – harness, yeah. I wanted to say collar I, I, for some I, reason. I was going to go sublux – I was going to go uh, – he had a shoulder sublux, subluxation. Well, yeah, and so that's um, that was the injury, and then ultimately after that fourth game, opted out of the season, decided to have season-ending surgery, and I think, uh, you know, bouncing around websites today, I apologize if anybody hears me saying something that sounds exactly like what you wrote. Slide into my DMs, I'll then post credit, but it's all sort of basic information, so I'm not here to cite, um, but it sounds like he probably had a labrum tear and then repaired labrum and so based on the timing of the injury and when he opted out like maybe that's what went into his decision was "Mm, it's november if i get the surgery now for six months i'm looking pretty good for training camp just out of the draft so you know good on him if that's that's how it went down um you know no no concerns there i guess maybe the only concern is firemuth is one of the most you know 
three down capable tight ends coming into this draft. Like he is a blocker as much as he is a receiver. And so uh, I know what they talked about as far as those two games after the injury, he, uh, he looked, I think they said he looked a little bit tentative engaging in blocks, which makes sense because like the, the engaging in a block, like the, the pressure and the stress that puts on the shoulder joint will, you know, drive into the labrum, especially if it's the posterior labrum and posterior capsule that are affected. Um, but as far as like excitement about a guy, look, like I said, like none of these guys are injury prone. Maybe the next guy we'll talk about is, is the most interesting to be put in that category, but use, I almost think like, as far as dynasty rookie drafts goes, like use the combination of their injury, quote unquote, proneness. Um, and if they then still end up with decent draft capital, like you're getting them on a bargain, like, like everybody's going to pay up for Kyle Pitts. Like he's going to go in the top probably five or six of most rookie drafts, super flex. Uh, whereas Fryermuth and Brevin Jordan, they're probably going to be, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on the premium maybe, but they're going to be second round guys for sure. Well, I, th- I think Fryermuth will go in the second round. I've actually, I don't do mock drafts, but I do, you know, I do project a little bit. I think he's going to be a good fit as a second round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. And that crack medical staff. And I have Brevin Jordan. He'll probably go around that NFL round 2-3. And in a tight end premium, I have both of these guys going around like the middle of the second round. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to wind up with a lot more Fryermuth and Jordan than I am Kyle Pitts just based on where all three guys are going to go. All right, last guy. Give us a couple of minutes on, uh, on Brevin Jordan before I hit you with some rapid fire. Sure. Um, so Brevin Jordan missed seven games in his three total seasons. Um, you know, two games where uh, a shoulder arm injury of some sort, he missed the final four games of 2019 with a foot ankle injury, which in that season, even though he missed four games, he was, he finished third as the finalist for the Mackey award, which I think uh, did Fryermuth win that award. I don't think there was a tight end award on this planet that didn't go to Kyle Pitts. Oh, uh, two years ago, twenty nineteen. Man, I, I I couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast. Okay, all right. Did you have the Mackey Award for breakfast? No, 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 no. I had the Bolitnikov. <laughs> the Bolitnikov for breakfast. I had the Mackey for lunch. <laughs> Somebody's got. Do you have the? Uh, you got to get the. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Uh, uh, well, do, we, we can Sound just wrap bite. this up. We can just we can just start no. doing. We, we can just start <laughs> doing like movie quotes. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, So anyway, Brevin Jordan. uh, And then this season started out, he was, I believe he was their leading receiver in receptions and yards before he injured his shoulder and arm this year. Nothing that led to surgery. Like my only thoughts, comments, and questions on this guy is like, we know my, like my, like, what is the perception of Miami? Like it is party central. Like who doesn't want to go to Miami, enjoy the beach, enjoy the drinks, enjoy the late nights, enjoy whatever. Uh, perhaps, you know, perhaps he's just the product of look, these guys in college, like I, I remember what college is like these guys are kids. They're probably having some later nights, some less hydrated nights uh, than, than they should uh, as opposed to somebody who goes to maybe, a Stanford or a whatever. Well, so well, hold I'd on, be hold curious on, hold to on. see. What? I'm calling. I'm Let's calling a timeout. There's okay. like no bigger party. 
I don't know. There's like no bigger party school in America than like Madison, Wisconsin. You know, the little the little dive university that I went to, Ball State University, we had a hell of a we had a hell of a reputation at one time. There was this notorious gentleman's magazine known as Playboy that had the Heard uh, of it. that <laughs> I have too. And they had Ball State University's uh, Dill Street, which is no longer with us, with us, sad to say. But they had it ranked as the sixth rank. So just because you live in Miami and go hard doesn't mean much. So just long and short of it, you're not concerned about too many of these rookies. And no. we'll wrap this up by saying we'll let the NFL tell us exactly what they think about them based on where they draft them. That should be a bigger a bigger concern with us than their injury history to date. Correct. Yeah, we can have all our analyses we want, but you know, we talk about like counting things twice. I think draft capital plus anything is counting that plus anything twice. Like it's all going like their character is probably going into their draft capital. You know, maybe something to think about is like you said with, you know, Jacksonville's previous medical staff, you know, like the organization that drafts them, you know, Henry Ruggs going to the Raiders last year. I was like, holy crap, is Al Davis still in charge over there? Just drafting a guy with speed before C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy? Like think about those things, but otherwise the draft capital is going to tell the story. I, c- I cannot wait for the Las Vegas Raiders to draft Rondale Moore and just send, <laughs> and just, uh, send, send the world. And then sign another veteran. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway – all right, so I want to uh, I want to hit you with some rapid fire real quick to wrap this up. First of all, thank you for jumping on and bailing us out without Dallas able to be here. You are a, a good member of the squad. So real quick, uh, give us the the rookie. Just give us a name. Give us the rookie. You're not leaving your rookie mock draft or excuse me, your rookie actual drafts without one name. I think Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Okay, now is this just because that? You project him to be dominant at the next level, or you think is this a draft capital thing? Real quick, what do you see in Bateman? So, like I said, I'm not a film grinder. I have just watched and listened to enough at this point to start to have like my own feelings about guys. And he just seems like a he's got a good combination of talent and size in the draft class. Where it sounds like a couple of the guys near the top are. I don't want to say undersized because like they've proven their size enough for college, but I just, I just think he's going to be a value. Like I'm not, I'm not taking Bateman as the wide receiver too, probably, but I feel like he's probably going to be available around wide receiver four or five, maybe six where he easily could be two for anybody. Um, Like it's like one is Jamar chase and then it's two through five or six. So I don't know where you put like Waddle Moore, Bateman, Devonta Smith, they're probably all in the same tier for me. And I think Bateman has, you know, the size quality that the other guys don't. I need to make sure the shirt's up over with our friends at Viridian Global, but we're all landing spot dependent. There's a couple of guys. <laughs> it really wouldn't matter where they went. Uh, Jamar Chase being one of those guys. I'm not ever going to have the A.J. Brown thing happen to me again where no. we, we all went, oh, my God, he landed in Tennessee. This is a horrible. A.J. Brown's killing people. He would have killed people anywhere he went, and but I, I'm with you. Uh, for me, I, I have my own rankings. You can see those over at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, and I will update those the minute the, the draft process is over. I, I like who I like, the pro days. You know, we're, to your point earlier, double counting. All right, give, give, us, give us a guy 
that you're not going to be leaving your rookie drafts with. Uh, and, th- and this could be based off draft capital, reputation, um, just like acquisition costs versus what you're comfortable using to acquire, just whatever. I mean, honestly, like I don't think I'm going to have any Najee Harris just because of the draft picks I have in most in my leagues. Um, you know, I don't know what I have. Uh, the the league I'm in with that, Maddie, that's like a, that, already that's like a humble brag. It's like a, it's like a humble brag. You're like, well, oh, no, no, and it's not even that. It's like I have I have the 101 in two leagues, but otherwise I have nothing earlier than 108. Like, so it's going to be I'm getting Trevor Lawrence with the 101 in those leagues, and then you know 108, 110. 111, I think, are the only other first-round picks I have across my three leagues. So I'll probably be hoping for, at 108 in that league, I'll probably be hoping for uh, Javante Williams or Travis Etienne to be there. Um, If I have to grab a second quarterback because one of the top four falls there, I will because I'm not getting burned by, you know, picking my guy six months before the first game of the season again. Uh, Hashtag Keyshawn Vaughn. And then 110 will be something. 111, like, Hopefully, I get uh, a Mac Jones or, or whomever there. But. Well, well, you've allowed this to go down a rabbit hole. We'll wrap it up with this. <laughs> I re- I really like in a super flex tight end premium league. I really really like just about any first round pick. And if it's yeah. tight end premium, but here's the thing: I feel really really good about the first eighteen picks in this draft. Yeah. You know, the the hit rate on these rookies has went up and up and up, and I. I think this is going to be a baller class. I think anything inside the top 10 is just perfect. And everybody's like, well, why do you like the top 10 so much? I'm like, because it guarantees me in a super flex. I do want to make sure I preface that in a super flex, I'm guaranteed one of the five quarterbacks or one of the three running backs or Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. If I've got a top 10 pick, I'm guaranteed one of those 10 players on my team. And that's, that's where I want to be. I don't want to have to be guessing between the Jamar, you know, the excuse me, the the Rondale Moores and the Rashad Batemans and all these other guys. I will, I will when I have to, when I'm absolutely mm-hmm. forced to make those decisions, and I'll be doing my rankings the same as everybody else. But man, what a great year and what a great guest, man. Well, you're 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 like a quasi guest. You're kind of a <laughs> guest. Now I know you're laying out, and uh, I'm going on vacation next week. So the week of the third through the eleventh or whatever, I'll be on vacation. But the week after that. We're going to start uh, peeling back the onion over on the big bet as it relates to this rookie draft. You ready to uh, get down some wagers on oh, the NFL yeah. rookie draft? Um, yeah, I got the itch. We, the DWZ bet chat, has uh, it's it's alive as of late. Those guys, they go. They, I, I just, they, I just ignore them right now. They're talking about this thing called basketball. And the, and the, yeah, I don't and get the it. Turni- and the, there's a tournament. Did you know there's a tournament related there's a team to basketball? With the, the word oral in it. I'm not oral. betting on anything with the, the name with, Oral. With, with a name like Oral, you should never open your mouth. Well, anyway, I'm no. glad this guy came by to open his mouth. His name is Dr. Kyle Bowser, and you can follow him at DWZ underscore Dr. PT. And make sure you stick around. We're going to have the FF Smackdown on Monday into Tuesday, the Dynasty Warzone Tuesday into Wednesday. We have got a lot of great stuff coming up for you as it relates to this rookie class and fantasy football in general. But until next time, that man's name is Dr. Kyle. My name is Memphis. And remember, here at the DWZ Network of Pods, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here real soon with more Dynasty goodness. Thanks for tuning in. It's Hate Brand Goods. 
That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit. That little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine, or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know like I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team, downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day to join the Patreon, reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re- rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr- uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and Join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family.